Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. This will be my last say before the 2022 NRL Grand Final kicks off. So I've got a couple of points I want to go through. I've then got a couple of bets that I'll tell you at the end that I will be on. It's one of those games that I think you can happily not have a bet on this one and thoroughly enjoy it. But if you are, I'll just run you through the little form guide that I've gone through and tell you where my money will be going in this game. It's not the most exciting betting market in my opinion because I'm I'm pretty sure it'll, it'll all go the way uh, of the the favourites and whatnot, but there are some interesting ones to touch on there. So this game, obviously the Penrith Panthers looking to go back-to-back premiers uh, for the first time since the, since the Roosters in 18 and 19, and before that, the Broncos 92-93, so what an incredible achievement it would be, especially when you consider that this is their third grand final in a row, and no one in their spine is over the age of 26 or whatever it is. It's fucking crazy outside of Appy, to be fair. But they're all very, very young. It's been incredible what they've managed to do, this Penrith Panthers side. The Parramatta Eels on the other side of the park, they are chasing history. I thought they were pretty good last week against the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, they had a couple of referee decisions that probably fell their way, but good teams, they find a way to win. And I thought the Cowboys played pretty fucking well. So credit to Parramatta, regardless of what happens, referees, whatever the fuck happened, they found a way to win. They were down by eight with 20 points to with 20 minutes to go and they got the job done so I'm really hoping that Parramatta as a whole I hope they've turned a corner and they can take a lot of confidence out of that win last week. Obviously, I thought Clint Gutherson, he was the best on the field. Sean Lane, not far behind. Dill Brown was was good as well. Mitch Moses, probably not his greatest game, though, so it'll be interesting to see how Moses handles this week. A lot of pressure on this Parramatta Eels side, but... At the same time, a heap of pressure on this Penrith Panthers side. I'm actually not sure who's got more pressure on them. Obviously, uh, history is weighing down on the Parramatta Eels, but when you're at $3, I'm not sure if too many people are expecting them to win this game, especially against this Panthers side. So maybe there is more pressure on the Penrith Panthers coming to this game. We know that they love pressure. We've seen it over the last three years, even the 2020 Grand Final that they lost. Um, you know, they got smacked in the first half all over the place. Pappy just scored just after halftime. They still found a way to 
to somehow get themselves back into that game. They've matured a lot since then. They went through that final series last year with all the injuries and whatnot and still managed to get it done. Uh, and and in, an incredible narrative, these Penrith Panthers and what they have achieved. Um, both sides missing an outside back. Obviously, Opachik missing from the Parramatta Eels. Bailey Simons and named at centre. I wouldn't have picked him there last week, but he was fucking sensational there last week. So good on Brad Arthur. He's made a much better call than what I would have in that moment. And it helps having Nair Corey on the bench, obviously. He'll probably start at 13. Potentially Nathan Brown. I think they'll go with Nair Corey, though. And, of course, the Penny Panthers. Probably the bigger loss. They're missing Taylor May, who is fantastic coming out of their own end. Charlie Staines. He came in last week. Similar to Bailey Simons. And I was a little bit worried about him coming out of his own end. He was great. You can tell that this Panthers side and this squad and this system, they really built him up over the last 18 months. And I think he's ready for this occasion. He's still the guy that I'd be going at coming out of their own end. I'd be kicking a toe and I'd be letting him take the tough curries out of his own end. Uh, But I think he has improved out of sight. There is no doubt about it. Now, look, when I have a look at these two sides... The one thing, the number one thing that is so evident, it's about winning the middle. And I think we've got the two best forward packs in the NRL going head-to-head tonight in the Battle of the West. I think the Parramatta Eels on paper, I think their forward pack is a little bit better. And when they're all on, I think they are better. But the Penrith Panthers, incredibly consistent. Fisher-Harris, Leota, you probably look at those guys and go, well, they don't have as much upside as Junior Bolo. Uh, you then got the edge-back rowers, your Liam Martin, your Kikau. Kikau probably on the same level as uh, the Parramatta Eels. Back rowers, Isaiah Papali'i and Sean Lane. Liam Martin, probably just a tier below those guys this year, but he has been incredibly solid, and I'm sure he'll be up for a big game here. Then you got the lock forwards, Isaiah Yo, and, you know, let's call it what it is. It's Ryan Madison. He might not start there, but he will play, you know, 60-odd minutes in the 13. So that clash is sensational. I think the Parramatta Eel pack on paper, I think they are better, but experience, fuck experience matters in these big games. And the Penrith Panthers pack, they have all won a premiership. Every single one of their starting forwards have all won a premiership. And I think they've all lost a grand final as well in 2020. So that experience is massive. They've all got a lot of rep football experience as well. Obviously, the Parramatta Eels front row has quite a bit as well. But, you know, a Sean Lane hasn't played in a grand final before, hasn't played rep footy. Maddo, he's played one game of State of Origin, I think it is. But he's featured in a grand final previously. So it's a pretty even balance. But on paper, I'd probably lean towards the Parramatta pack. And for me, I think the Parramatta pack needs to win the, the the middle today. If they are not winning the middle, I don't think Parramatta have the halves to be able to overcome that. They're, they are tremendous halves, but like the vast majority of halves throughout the history of rugby league, I think that they need their forwards to, to lay a good platform for them to be able to win. You look back through the history of rugby league, a guy like Joey and Freddie, they were guys that even if their pack wasn't winning, they could win it for you. Whereas a guy like Cooper Cronk, a, a master halfback, sensational what he did, but probably a guy that if his forward pack was getting dominated, he's probably a guy that couldn't overcome that. Whereas your Joeys and your Freddies, your Lockies, these sort of guys, they could. I look at the Parramatta Eels halves and I don't think they're going to be able to overcome this Penrith Panthers team unless their forwards lay a a good platform, which they should. They've been sensational the last month. They have been fantastic. On paper, I think they have got the better side, so there is no reason why the Parramatta Eels shouldn't be winning the middle and shouldn't be giving their halves every opportunity. On the other side of the park, I look at the Penrith Panthers forward pack. We've just spoken about all the experience in this side and the real alphas. Your James Fisher-Harris, your Isaiah Yos, they will move the ball around. They will do a sensational job, and they will really test this Parramatta Eels forward pack. I think they'll have a better idea of their exact game plan and what they're going to do. They're going to run out there. It's all things that they have seen before. I don't think it's going to overwhelm them. But it is also worth considering 
that in this 2020 grand final, this is going to be the ba- 2022 grand final. This is going to be the Battle of the West. It's going to be out there at home, which is going to be 80,000 people. At the end of the day, the Penrith Panthers, they haven't actually run out to that before in the past either. Yeah, similar to the Parramatta Eels. You've got to remember 2020, that was up there. Uh, that, that was at the stadium, but there was half a crowd in there, so not the same sort of atmosphere. Last year was at Suncorp, so it is something to consider with this Penrith Panthers side, but I just think they're so well equipped. There's so many of them that have played in so many state of origin games, etc. And just the week leading into the grand final, I think that experience is really going to matter. But when I look at Nathan Cleary, and the other one is Api Curacao as well, I think that these are two guys who they can win the game even if their forward pack isn't dominating. If their forward pack is just competing, as long as they're not getting blown off the park, if you were to put it in like a percentage thing, if Parramatta was going at, you know, 55% and Penrith are going at 45%, I still think Nathan Cleary and Api Curacao, they can overcome that, whereas I don't think the Parramatta Eels halves can. And that just comes with experience and time and all that sort of stuff that this Panthers side has had over the last few years. So that's where I think it's so important through the middle. I think the Parramatta Eels pack, I think they have have to dominate. They have to win the middle. And there's no reason why they shouldn't. They have got a tremendous amount of talent in that pack. So there's no reason to write them off there. Kick pressure for both teams has to be so important. Finals week one, we spoke about it all fucking week. Parramatta need to get up and they need to whack Nathan Cleary. They put no pressure on him all night. It meant that he had all the time in the world to put up those giant spiraling bombs. And of course, Wonga Blake, he was the victim of that all evening. I personally think that the rest of the Parramatta Eels need to take a bit of responsibility for that, which I believe Brad Arthur came out and said that week as well because the kick pressure, if you let Nathan Cleary have that much time to kick, you're going to find find yourself in trouble very, very quickly. It's arguably the best boot in rugby league, maybe second behind Matt Burton, but I personally think that Nathan Cleary, he does it more consistently and on the biggest stages and he, and he hits it with more consistency as well. So kick pressure needs to be important. Other side of the park, last time these two teams played, the Penrith Panthers ran away with it in the back end, were pretty dominant. There was a 15-minute period at the start of the game where Parramatta were really in the contest. We've spoken about it all week, and that's because Mitch Moses, he was winning on the kicking game front. There was no pressure on him. He forced a couple of force dropouts. Unfortunately for Parramatta, though, uh, Penrith went, went went for the dropout, and Junior Bolo, he dropped the ball on Takawani. He also challenged it and lost their challenge. So that really fucked their momentum there. But... For you know, a couple of minutes there, Nate, uh, Mitch Moses, he was controlling that game with his right foot. And I've said it all week, I'd be given Viliami Kikau a mission. Mitch Moses is a right footer. He'll be coming out to that edge. Kikau shooting up from the left side. I think he needs to really get in his face and put a heap of pressure on him. I'm happy to give away a penalty in the first few sets. We'll back our defense in. we got the best defense in the NRL. The Panthers will be thinking. I think you need to let Mitch Moses know they're coming at him all night. And if you do get him early, I think there'd still be a few hesitations off the back of last week when he put two kicks out on the full. He also missed an easy conversion as well, so I don't think his confidence as far as a kicker would be sky high at the moment and the Penrith Panthers, they need to take advantage of this and try and get in his head early. We mentioned Viliami Kikau. For me, I think he'll be a key factor in deciding this grand final, the way that the Panthers use him on that left edge, but more importantly, how the Parramatta Eels defend him. Now, I went back and watched the round 20 game where Nathan Cleary got sent off. He got sent off in, I think, about the 18th minute or so. And um, you could see early in that game, that's where the Panthers were going to, going out to that left edge. They hit Kikau the first two or three times on short balls, and Parramatta, they handled it really well as you expect them to. They're a quality defensive side, Parramatta. They handled it really well, and then... 
They had a big shift out to that side. Uh, they took it down that edge, and they had a two-man block play going on where, where Kikau, he was the second man. It looked like he was getting the ball for all money, and Nathan Cleary face-bowled him, and he hit face-balled him, sorry, and he hit Sean O'Sullivan, who was coming from a bit of a blind spot on his outside, and Sean O'Sullivan, he strolled over, just about untouched to score there, and it was all about the eyes that were on Kikau and how they use him. They had a... Um, the, the first man, he was running the front line. They had kick out at the back, and they faceballed both of them, hit Sean O'Sullivan, and he strolled over because all the eyes were on kick out. And this is where kick out can be so dangerous. He can be so lethal with the ball when he's running it. He can tear you to pieces, but he can also be just as lethal without the ball because you have to be honest. You have to stay on him until the very last minute. With a guy like Jerome Luai, a little bit faster than Sean O'Sullivan as well, I think it could be a spot where they could catch them out. I think the other side of it is, too, that kick out. He's so damaging with the ball. He's damaging without the ball. He's the scariest when he holds the ball for less than a second. Those quick hands that he's got out to that edge. As we said, when he's coming at you, you have to be honest. You have to commit a body to him. If he's able to get rid of the ball and create an overlap, which he's done on a number of occasions this year, the Panthers, they could find themselves in big trouble. I said there that they used a bit of a trick play in that game where they got Sean O'Sullivan sort of coming out the back of a double block shape, where he's coming from a bit of a blind spot. Personally, I would love to see Dylan Edwards float down that edge and create the extra man there. I think it's where they could catch the Parramatta Eels out. A lot of it's going to come down to Wonga Blake. We spoke about him this week as well in Coach's Clipboard, how he defends and the decisions that he makes on Viliami Kikau. Last time they played, he actually did a pretty good job, to be fair. I thought he came up and he shut down a lot of moments there. But you could see on the tape that there was opportunity there. It was just about Kikau getting it right, which he didn't. And credit to uh, Wonga Blake on those plays because he did come up with big defensive plays and he needs to come up with them again. For me, you watch the way that Parramatta defends and Wonga Blake he will quite often shoot off his wing and take the centre or the back rower. It's a bit hard with the Panthers because you have Isaac Tungo and Viliami Kikau. They sort of swap their roles of, of running the overs line. But quite often you'll see Viliami Kikau get it on the outside of Isaac Tungo running the overs. And on that play, I think what you'll see is Wonga Blake shoot in. The reason why he shoots in, I know that we get very frustrated with wingers when they shoot in and whatnot. The reason why he shoots in, though, is because Gutho is such a great defender and he's always on his bike getting around there. He's essentially leaving that winger for Gutho to come across and handle him, which I don't mind it as long as Gutho is in the right spots on all occasions I like it. What I did notice from the round 20 match though is how, and you saw it once again in that semi-final, we all remember the play where Nathan Cleary, he took it out to the left hand side he turned it, I I think it was Isaiah Yo turned it back under, he came back to the right and what he did is he just moved Gutho five or six steps to the right he put the kick back through the middle and of course Dylan Edwards came through and got it and that's all you need to do with with how good Nathan Cleary's kick game. If you can just get uh, Clint Gutherson just be a few metres off his mark, you can take advantage of him. When I went back to that round 20 game, they did a similar thing. The first kick of the night, we were all waiting for Nathan Cleary to get the ball. What he did, he he, he went down the right edge as the play of the ball was happening. He never got the ball, but you saw Gutho behind. He floated over that side to follow Nath, and the ball shifted left. It went to Sean O'Sullivan. He put in the first kick, but once again, similar to what he did last week, Gutho was so good that he got on his bike, he sprinted to the other corner, and he managed to clean up a perfect kick there from Sean O'Sullivan. So as much as we're all talking about the Nathan Cleary kicking game, he can be just as lethal by dragging Gutho over to one edge, and then they can attack on the other side. And when Nathan Cleary does drag Gutho over to that right side, the beauty of the left is... 
you got to go through three sets of hands. you got to go through Jerome Luai. you got to go through Kikau. You've got to go through Isaac Tungo. All three of those guys have a short kicking game. So they're three guys that can really terrorize uh, Clint Gutherson down that edge. It's going to be a big night for Gutho. They're going to test him out in very in a few different shapes by shifting guys around, kicking to other sides. They'll be going at him all night. And you can guarantee that if they manage to get him at first marker, that will be uh, their get-on play. They will know straight away, okay, we go to the left. We try and isolate Wonga Blake. We know he's going to shoot. If Gutho's at marker, hopefully he won't get there to stop Brian To'o on that left edge. So there will be a bit of scheming going into this from Ivan Cleary. I have no doubt about it. I think it's going to be really, really important in this game. Now, the thing with the Penrith Panthers all year has been that they have been fantastic at winning the momentum. And when they win the momentum, they don't tend to turn back. Now, I went back and I was watching the round 20 game. And look, I know a lot of people have written that game off because Nathan Cleary, uh, he got simbin in the 18th minute and whatnot. But if you go back and watch that game, uh, Penrith kick off, Parramatta in their first set, they have two offloads, they get a penalty on fourth. They are really starting to worry the Penrith Panthers early. They then get down the other end and they put in a shift kick that's charged down and, and kick out and kick our lands on it. That was in about the 90th second. Now, after that, they don't get the ball back because of re- repeat sets, because of knock-ons, because of all this sort of shit. They don't get the ball back until the 11th minute. So the next 10 minutes, the Penrith Panthers have the ball and they're on the front foot. They're winning all momentum. They're absolutely giving it to Parramatta. It looked like there was just no coming back. And then all of a sudden, they just turned the gears. Mitch Moses, he kicks early, which is something we've spoken about the last few months with the Penrith Panthers. There's something about kicking early that just throws them out of their usual balance. You don't want to get into a grind with this Panthers side. You want to throw them out of their normal balance, and you need to be kicking early. He kicks early, hits a 40-20, and what you saw was all of a sudden the momentum swung again. And you don't see this with the Penrith Panthers all that often, but the Parramatta Eels, they did it to him that night. Of course, just after that, Nathan Cleary, he was Simbin, so it didn't really matter after that. It was a blowout. One less player on the field, etc. Not Simbin sent off, sorry. So it's sort of forgotten, but it should be noted that the Penrith Panthers were all over them for that 10 or 12 minute period, and normally when that happens, there is no coming back for teams. Teams do not bounce back from that. They don't turn that momentum. They They can normally not find a way to get out of it. That night, the Parramatta Eels did, and we didn't appreciate it enough because of the Nathan Cleary send-off. So if I'm the Parramatta Eels, I'm taking a lot of confidence out of that. Granted... You look at finals week one, uh, Penrith did what Penrith do. Penrith had a player Sinbin, Taylor May, in about the 15th minute. That changed everything and still the Penrith Panthers, they still managed to win the momentum and hold the momentum. But you go back to round 20 and before the Nathan Cleary send-off, there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever that the Paramount Eels had completely flipped the tables on the Penrith Panthers and they'd won that momentum back, which was near impossible. You go back and watch that first 18 minutes of that game, you will see how dominant the Panthers are after the first set, and then when, of course, they were kicking early and they were throwing the ball around, then they had the ball for 10 minutes. The Panthers, Parramatta finally get it back, and they turn the tables, kicking early and offloading once again. We spoke about it this week. The Parramatta Eels, in the two games they beat the Penrith Panthers this year, they had 18 and 19 offloads. In the game they lost a couple of weeks ago, they only had 12. Throughout the season, they averaged 14 offloads per game, the Parramatta Eels. They need to get above that 15 to 16 offload sort of mark later tonight if they are to worry this side and put them into two minds. 
Grand final experience was another point. I've sort of already touched on it. You look at their halves, the Penrith Panthers, their forward pack. The vast majority of them have won a premiership, and the vast majority of them have lost a grand final, which is probably even more important. They've been through two grand final weeks. They've known exactly how to deal with it all week. There is nothing new to them. Going and having headshots, going and having photos, fan days, grand final breakfast, all the interviews, all the media stuff. They've been here. They've done it before. You could even see a difference in a way that the, that the two teams celebrated last week. If you watch Viliami Kikau as he comes off the field last week after they beat the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Api Curacao jumps and hugs on him, and you see him say after that to someone else on the bench, one more to go, one more to go. Not really celebrating, not really jumping up and down. You look on the other side of the park, the Parramatta Eels, a lot more emotion has gone into this for them. You saw the celebrations after that game. They were celebrating just the fact that they'd made the grand final, that they'd got there, and for me, that is a little bit of a worry, but you can also ride that emotion into the grand final. You go back and have a look at the Panthers in 2020 as well. Very similar situation. The Melbourne Storm, they'd got into the grand final, shaking hands, very very similar stuff. The Penrith Panthers are very upbeat, celebrating hands up in the air, carrying on a little bit, as you should because it's exciting, but it is important to note the differences between the two sides at the moment. Parramatta, extremely happy to be there. The job's not done, and I'm not saying that they think it is, but I think that you can see in the body language and stuff and handling the first week of grand final and all that, I think that is going to make a little bit of a difference, as it should. Experience matters in rugby league. Yeah, experience matters no matter what level, what time, whatever it might be. Experience always matters in rugby league, and I think it will matter a little bit later Tonight, I've got the Penrith Panthers winning this one in a tight one. Now, the last guy I want to talk about is Api Curacao. Now, he is a guy that can really break this game open. We saw it last week. Um, the, the Parramatta Eels, they need to be on their guard for him. We spoke about it in Coach's Clipboard. Worth going back to have a listen to that. The other guy that we didn't talk about all that much this week is Dylan Brown. He's been in incredible form this year, and you know it's going to be the defensive efforts, and it's going to be the, of Clint Gutherson. It's going to be the kicking game of Mitch Moses. And it's going to be the precise passing uh, out of dummy half of Reed Marnie. You know th- those three do their job so well. I feel like Dill Brown, though, he's the little wild card. He's like Parramatta's Cam Munster. He can break and open at any given moment. The way that he just takes his tackles, he takes his hit-ups, breaks tackles, he can play short, he can play long, he can kick. He can do it all, Dill Brown. So he's the real wild card that I think the Penrith Panthers would probably be most worried about. He's the guy that can break it open, especially with Sean Lane next to them. I did Next to him, I did notice in the round 20 game, even though it was the first 80 minutes, just how well Nathan Cleary and Liam Martin marked up against Sean Lane. I think it really did matter in that one. All right, let's get stuck into our bets for today. I'm going to read them straight to you from my bet slip. Now, when I have a look at the Clive Churchill medal, I think there are a lot of really good value plays. Personally, I think Nathan Cleary gets it. I think he goes back-to-back. I think he becomes the first person to go back-to-back since uh, the great Brett Kenny. Before that, Norm Proven, an immortal of our game, and Kenny pretty unlucky not to be an immortal of our game. I think $3 for Nathan Cleary, I actually don't think it's bad value, to be perfectly honest with you. I just think regardless of how it goes, a blowout win, a close win, if the Panthers win, which they are the favorites, of course, I think Nathan Cleary, it'll be very, very hard to stop him from winning this one. There's obviously a lot of narrative that goes into the Clive Churchill medal. Of course, Nath suspended for five weeks. He's come back and played two games and he's blown both of them out of the park. So the narrative's there. The big star player, he's the poster boy. He's the skipper. There's a lot going into a Clive Churchill and I think Nathan Cleary just ticks all those boxes for me. He'll be the goal kicker as well. So if it's tight, it could be his goal kicking that'll be the difference. Uh, I think Nathan Cleary at $3. I actually don't mind the value there. It's short. 
But I, I think he's a pretty good thing to get it if the Penrith Panthers win, which I believe they will. Other guys. If I'm looking at the Parramatta Eels, Dylan Brown at $21. I like that value there. I think that's really nice. You got Isaiah Papali'i at $34. I think he's had a tremendous season. We have seen in close games in the past uh, forwards that have come up with it, that have come up with damaging plays. We know how good he can be. I think Sean Lane, Isaiah Papali'i, both pretty good shouts. You know that Gutho will be everywhere. And I think we identify defensive plays more in grand finals than we do in general NRL games. So I think Gutho, he'll be pretty highly appreciated tonight as well coming in at $13 there. I look at the Panthers, though, and some Smokies. I really like Appy. Uh, Appy's coming in at $16. I always love him for a man of the match. He can just break a game open at any given moment. I think this game's going to be an absolute war in the first 20 minutes. I think there's going to be some tired bodies out there, and I think you could see a world where Appy obviously comes off the bench and really terrorizes them from the 30, from the 25th to, to the 80th minute. I think he could really break this game open, Appy. If I'm looking for... A real, real smoky, though. I'll tell you who I really like, who I think it's at ridiculous value. $61 for Junior Bolo. Now, for the Paramount Eels, I think he is the alpha in that forward pack. He's got a little bit of ball playing to him. He's got a good offload. We saw him offload in the round 20 game and have really good impact. He's probably the biggest body on the field. He can be a huge momentum guy. And if Parramatta are going north and south, you can guarantee that Junior's going to come up with big meters. He'll probably come up with a key offload at some point. We know that this is the strong point of his game. And if he does manage to come up with the key offloads somewhere near the try line. All of a sudden, you're looking at a try assist as well. Now, Junior's at $61. There hasn't been a front rower that has won the Clive Churchill since Brent Kite in 2008. It has been a long time between drinks, but I just feel like Junior, he's one of the faces of this team. He's the leader of their forward pack. He can ball play like a halfback. He can run it like the best front rowers in rugby league. I'll be having a little tenor, a little Chris McKenna on Junior Bolo at $61. I just think the value there is simply too fucking good. The other one is Ryan Madison. If you like the Eels, $41 for Maddo. He might not start, but he'll play 60 minutes. And I don't think there's going to be too many points scored in the opening 20 minutes. So I think that last 60 minutes is going to be where there will be points. And Maddo, he could have a huge impact as he has every single week. If he manages to lay on two there, all of a sudden, Ryan Madison, he'll be right up there, the very best of them. Reed Marnie's at $34 as well. You know what's going to happen at the end of this game. We're going to get there. We're going to look at the stats and go, holy fuck, Reed Marnie made 58 tackles. And if he does manage to have a try, here or there somewhere, which he's done over the last few weeks. He's another one that's at fantastic value. But for me, I think the two halfbacks, they are going to be hard to overcome. I think Nathan Cleary, $3. I don't mind that value, as I said. Mitch Moses, $8. Pretty good. I'm just not sure if Mitch Moses is ready to completely own a grand final yet. Uh, I, I think he might be in his future, but I'm not sure if it is going to be today. I think the Parramatta can win. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I think they can win, despite me thinking they couldn't the entire season. Now that they're here and they've overcome what they overcome last week, egg on my face. I have to say, the Parramatta Eels, I'm very, very nervous that they could still win this game. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. I'm just not sure if Mitch Moses is going to be the standout guy. I think that if Parramatta do win, I think it's going to be a real team effort from their entire spine. And that's why I'm sort of looking around at a junior Bolo and Isaiah Pabalia, Sean Lane, a Ryan Madison, uh, one of these sort of guys. I think there's a bit of value there. But Nathan Cleary, if I was going to have a big bet, he would be my bet. Dylan Edwards, a lot of people are talking about at $7. Uh, obviously, he's got a heap of the narrative. People are really appreciating Dill. I just worry 
agree that the Penrith Panthers, I think they're going to really target that left edge. I think that's where they will get their points down the Panthers' left edge, the Parramatta Eels' right. And history tells us that Dill Edwards doesn't really seem to tend to play too much down that edge. I hope they change that today. I think it would really worry the Parramatta Eels if they did, but I'm not quite sure if they will. So I'm probably leaning off Dylan Edwards a little bit, but the stats will point to a tremendous game as they always do to Dill Edwards. So if it is a close game, there's not a real standout. Um, I think it'll be one of Nathan Cleary or Dill Edwards, but I still think Nathan Cleary is a better hope. I think he's got more narrative and everything behind him. Now, as far as my same-game multi for this game... Actually, I'll take you through my first try scorer first. I've got Brian Toto at $8.50. He'll be playing on the left edge. A few of you messaged me during the week. I think I said Charlie Staines on the left earlier in the week. Meant to say Brian Toto. Apologies. He'll be standing outside Isaac Tungo, and I think it'll be an edge that they will really go at. As I said all week, I think Viliami Kikau is going to be one of the keys to this grand final, and I think they got close to catching Wonga Blake out on a few occasions in round 20 and in week one. I think they will catch them out on that edge today. In saying that, credit to Paris. Matter. I've been saying that all final series, and Wonga has done a fucking good job. But I'm going to back Brian Toto in for the first try scorer. I've had a decent little wager on that. He is the favorite, so not overly exciting, but $8.50. I like it there. My same game, multi. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For this game, I've got the Penrith Panthers winning this one 1-12. One to 12. I do think they win, but I think it will be close. I've got Brian To'o as my anytime try scorer. As I just explained, same reasoning for my first try scorer. I think the shape that they can throw around Viliami Kikau and the decisions that they can force at Wonga Blake to make, I just think they'll be able to get an opportunity there. They'll be doing everything they can to move Clint Gutherson out of position, and I just think that Brian To'o will be able to cross the stripe there. So Panthers 1-12, to 12, Brian To'o anytime try scorer, and I've got the unders 38.5 you look at their grand final last year 14 to 12 and then 26 points scored I don't really see either of these teams getting above 20 points so I mean if it's a 20 points to sub 18 I think you will get home there I just I can't see either of these teams blowing out too many points I think it will be tight I think it'll be very you know it obviously it, it looks like it has rained a little bit in Sydney today I think it'll just be a tight affair where both teams they'll be really up for this game they'll be kicking early I just don't see too many points in it so I've got the unders 38.5 for that same game multi get $10.30 Penrith Panthers 1-12 to Brian Toto anytime try scorer and the unders 38.5 at $10.30. That'll be my same game multi for the 2022 NRL Grand Final, which kicks off tonight at 7.30. If you are out there at the game having a listen to this and it's before 4.30, come down to the Locker Room Hotel. Myself, Kempi, Timmy, Maddie the Water Boy, Hello Sport, Tom and Eddie will all be down there doing a live show. Come and say hello. Come and have a beer. It's going to be a cracking afternoon. Really looking forward to meeting you all and really looking forward to this game later tonight. We will have our live reaction 
reaction to the game dropping straight after a little 10 or 15 minute video, uh, sorry, 10 or 15 minute podcast, going through all of our thoughts, our live reaction to the game. Then we'll have our deep review tomorrow along with the Bloke in a Bar grand final review show that will be dropping tomorrow afternoon. It is going to be a huge 24 hours. Cannot wait for it. Talk to you later tonight in our live reaction or hopefully see you this afternoon around 4.30 at the Locker Room Hotel out there at the stadium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 